Welcome to the Beauty, Brains, and Barbells podcast, the show that talks all things female resistance training to help women feel beautiful, confident, and strong in and out of the gym. Now for your hosts, Jordan and Gretchen. Welcome back. We are very happy to have Dr. Hannah back from Awake Pelvic Health today to talk about pregnancy and postpartum and how pelvic floor PT can help that. So episodes one and two just dropped today. So yay for episode two. Um, Have been really big hits. We've had a lot of good feedback on those. So we're really excited to dive into this one because I think a lot of people can relate to this. And and I think what people are going to be surprised by is that the postpartum journey, whether you had a kid, you know, four years ago or four months ago, this can still be valuable and helpful information. So welcome back, Hannah. And uh, I'm excited to dive into this one. Yeah. Thanks for having me back. I'm super excited to get into all things pregnancy and postpartum because this is information that I feel like not a lot of women know about. Um, It's starting to trickle out there a little bit more on social media, but um, yeah, really excited to dive in. Sweet. So I want to get like the elephant out of the room first. Can women exercise during pregnancy? Excellent question. So 100% yes. I will say with just a slight caveat that there's always the, um, you know, kind of that, uh, I like to say, if there's any sort of medical history complications of stuff, you would want to check with your physician or medical provider you're working with just to make sure, um, you know, you're safe, good to go. But for the majority of pregnant women, exercise is not only like fine, but it can actually be really beneficial for both your body as well as um, the baby. And, um, you know, think about how much exercise can promote just general like blood flow to all of your tissues um, at just like a baseline level, Um, you know, maintaining good cardiovascular health, strength training. As you go through your labor and delivery, that some people describe it as one of the biggest athletic events that you'll do in your entire life. And that process can take hours, um, sometimes even a couple of days, depending on how long labor is lasting. And so having that endurance and that fitness can help with that process, as well as your entire postpartum journey from when baby's born to as your kiddo grows up, lifting, carrying, pushing, pulling, you're going to want that strength, um, you know, as, as, as good as you can by the time that you get into postpartum. I think a lot of people, I mean, I think the research and the understanding has really progressed over, I would say for sure the last 10 years. Yeah. Um, but I know like when my mom was pregnant with me, it was like, don't exercise. It was like this super delicate phase of life. And yep. now it just kind of continues to progress. And I heard somebody talking the other day that like this woman, her like baseline was like, she was this huge runner. Um, and her standard, like, I think a month and a half before she was pregnant, she had to finally like cut down her mileage, but everybody was telling her, you know, Hey, you probably shouldn't be running that much. You probably shouldn't be running. She's like, this is what I've done my entire life. Me stopping is probably worse for my body and for my baby than to just keep going with it. I'm not changing intensity. I'm not training for a marathon or anything, but it really like the way I view it, this is like a, you are preparing for like the biggest 
in powerlifting terms, competition of your life. Like this is, this is the main event. And then even after the main event, it's not like a regular powerlifting meet where you have like a, a break. You go right into like full, full prep again, because you now are a parent and now you have a full responsibilities for a newborn and your body's pooped. So the better you can prepare yourself, the better you are. Exactly. And, you know, at our clinic, we like to just educate the folks that we work with on, you know, there are some general kind of red, yellow flags to watch for, but those are, um, you know, those are just, that's good information for anyone, no matter what, whether you're exercising or just going about your day-to-day life. And, um, yeah, like you said, for most women, um, who are especially coming from a more athletic background, continuing with that activity as long as it feels good in your body. Um, it can be, of course, physically good for you, but also from the mental, emotional health standpoint, a lot of people um, find a lot of their you know, mental health is also tied to movement and exercise, and that helps them feel good in their day-to-day life. So I think um, we're seeing more conversations about this out in the medical community, and it's a little more old school to just provide those hard and fast rules of, um, yeah, you know, don't lift over this many pounds or, um, you know, walk instead of run. Um, you know, it's much more nuanced than that. And it's, there's so many pieces, you know, from what were you doing before to, um, you know, what feels good in your body to do. And even if you weren't exercising prior to pregnancy, it is safe to start a program in pregnancy. We would just suggest that, hey, let's make sure medically everything's good to go. And then working with a professional that can really help provide a program that um, can help you with some good um, general baseline strength and cardiovascular fitness. Sweet. I think, um, like, oh, I was just going to say, I think both of you kind of hit it on the head. Like, what's your baseline? if we went with a runner or a power lifter, if you're someone who runs marathons, running further while pregnant isn't going to be as crazy as if I don't run. So I'm not right. going to run a marathon if I get pregnant. Um, or like if I got pregnant, I think squatting a certain number of weight wouldn't be as crazy as if I had never lifted before. And, and then I got pregnant and I was like, my goal is to squat 300 pounds. You know, that would be probably a red, red flag right there. But since I already lift, it's different. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Just having more of those conversations around the baseline. What do you want to be doing? What do we need in postpartum and how can we create a program that really meets you where you're at and matches your needs? Yeah. So how can a pelvic floor PT complement somebody who wants to stay active during pregnancy? Sure. So in pelvic floor physical therapy, we love working with women, um, you know, no matter where they're at in their pregnancy, whether it's, you know, whether they're at 10 weeks or at the end of their third trimester, whether they're feeling really good in their body and want to continue to facilitate uh, good mobility, uh, you know, reducing or preventing any pain or women who are having issues like sciatic pain, back pain, pelvic pain, 
posture changes, all the things that can often come with pregnancy that you don't have to live with. So pelvic floor physical therapists are uniquely trained to treat the whole body. So a lot of pregnant moms start to get like upper back stiffness because their, you know, mid back starts to kind of hunch over a little bit, their low back might get tight. So we work on all of those things. Um, or women who are already active uh, want to stay moving in the gym. We can we have special uh, skills in movement uh, analysis, corrective exercise, breaking down movement patterns. What's going to be skillful for you right now in your first trimester versus your third? How can we give you some ideas to modify or just adjust what you're doing so you're still getting a good workout, you're feeling um, you know good in your body, but uh, you're also, um, just modifying for, you know, where you're at, um, how big your belly is. You may not want to be swinging a, a barbell over your belly at 38 weeks necessarily overhead. Um, but could we still deadlift hundred percent? Right. So, uh, just kind of, uh, looking at your goals, your baseline, where are you at? and uh, developing a plan from there. So we like to work on not just the movement piece and the exercise and helping you strategize, program, break things down, but on the other uh, the other side of it is manual therapy, body work. So at our clinic, we do a lot with deep tissue massage work into your glutes, your back, your inner thighs, uh, common areas of tension so we can uh, make sure we're not creating more uh, tension patterns. Uh, cupping therapy, dry needling therapy, specialized techniques to help with tension in your round ligament, to help with tension in your rib cage or diaphragm. And then the final piece that we love helping women with is preparing for labor and preparing for birth. So we call that a birth prep session where you come on in with a partner or or just on your own, whatever you prefer. And we actually go through all these different hands-on techniques that you can do with a partner during your labor, perineal massage to help prevent tears, positions for birth. So we, um, you know, can get your body into the most optimal position for that baby to come out. So it's a really uh, nice comprehensive program that we offer and can provide throughout your pregnancy. I think gone are the days of PT where you give like clamshells or like little external shoulder rotator exercises. You guys really provide exercises that can be implemented right into a program. Like there are things that I take from what Lauren gives me and just put it, substitute it right into a program. Hey, yes. this exercise bothers me. I'm just going to supplement it with this because I'm, I'm killing two birds with one stone. I'm getting my workout in. Plus I'm doing the exercises that we've talked about that are going to get me back to full strength. So I think that that's one thing that is really cool is that you guys can provide programming and exercise guidance on what, what women can do. That's not just like your run of the mill. Yeah. Do 20 of these clamshells and feel better tomorrow. Exactly. We have to meet people where they're at. So if you're in the gym, you know, doing X, Y, Z, great. Let's help you maintain that or give you some strategies to just modify, optimize, add, delete from that. Um, and just insert into what you're already working on rather than a, a whole separate program that you'll never have time for, or just, yeah, those silly exercises, like, uh, you know, a ton of clamshells or something. That's kind of a joke in the PT world is giving you the handout 
that everyone else gets. Yeah, definitely not the case. And it's just really individualized to like, what are you doing right now? What do you need? What's going to help you get ready for your birth and your postpartum? Let's weave it all together. Yeah. Because I mean, every woman is going to have a different experience during pregnancy. And that's what worked for somebody isn't going to work for the next person. And that's that's a big piece of it. Like you kind of talked about, right? Some women are going to have tight, tight upper back, rounded shoulders. Some are going to have more hip pain. I mean, it, it just yeah. is very widespread. And I think I always think, right, a pelvic floor physical therapist, your name is almost misleading because it's like yeah. you aren't just looking at somebody's pelvic floor. There's so much more encompassed behind that. And that's that's a big reason why we have you here is so that people can know, no, this is not just this base level of your pelvis that we are trying to, to work with, so... For sure. And that's what we like to tell every one of, you know, all the women that come on into our clinic is we're definitely going to be working with that pelvic floor, but we're going to go so much further above and beyond because pregnancy is a full body journey. It's not just affecting your pelvis. Um, it is affecting everything else. And, um, can we just make sure that you have tools and strategies so you can feel good yeah. you know, throughout, uh, that entire journey? I really wish you guys could have like a camera in the room for all of the, the partners that come in. Yeah. I think the facial expressions would just kill me. I'm thinking of both of our husbands coming in. I mean, <laughs> Gretchen, your husband is the only one who has been through labor and delivery already. But I'm just imagining like the one-liners, the facial expressions, those guys would be, whoa, whoa. They would be absolutely mind blown. It. I actually mentioned this to like the women I work with that come on in, um, you know, for birth prep or whatever, you know, just kind of that little joke of like, you know, every guy's a little bit different. <laughs> and it is funny watching, like watching those facial expressions. Like some, some guys are like really into it. They're like, oh yeah, wait, like taking the pelvis and like looking at it and like really being like, oh, okay, I, I get this. And then other guys you're like, you know, the poker face, or it's just like, whoa, like way out of their element. Yeah. Um, and it's great. I love it because I just, I get really nerdy and I just go all out. We use all the right and anatomical terms, you know? So it's just, yeah. it's really funny. Um, just to watch that. <laughs> it's, it's, it's very funny. Um, so let's dive into some of like, we, we covered right shoulders back but what are some common pain points that a pregnant woman might encounter during pregnancy? Because again, like everyone's different, but maybe this is for the mom who is like just found out she's pregnant or somebody who's planning to become pregnant. What areas might need a little extra care by a pelvic PT? Yeah, I see a lot of low back and SI joint pain. So kind of those uh, those two joints in the back of your pelvis there, those can become uh, sometimes a little unstable or uncomfortable with movement. Sciatic nerve pain is another big one. So that big nerve that runs from your back down your glute into your leg. Um, what else? Oh yeah, hip pain, hip discomfort, like tension in those hips. I would say those are like the big three. But then from there, some other common ones that could come up is uh, like you might hear the term lightning crotch. So that's like pubic symphysis pain. So it's this kind of sharp shooting pain. Um, you might feel it kind of in the vagina or in the bones in the front of your pelvis when you like 
roll on your side or get out of bed or like open your legs wide apart to get out of a car. That's a pretty like common one as well, as well as like upper back, neck, shoulder pain, just with how as, as the baby grows and you have more of that weight out in front of you. Typically what I see is the pelvis starts to kind of thrust forward a little bit, and then the shoulders might round slightly to compensate for that change in posture. And so, um, we work a lot on like, let's do some, uh, posture corrective exercise, open up that thoracic spine, get that neck moving a little bit better, but starting down at the feet too, and helping line everything else up. So those are common pain points. And all of these things we use exercise to address. So like half of, half of the work is, uh, corrective movement, building up strength and stability around your pelvic girdle, your back muscles, your core muscles. It's okay to do core strengthening while pregnant. Uh, there's just some things that we want to think about and, and consider with certain core exercises and, uh, making sure that we're providing yeah good strength and stability. And then a lot of that hands-on, uh, manual work to work on any tight points, uh, that might be causing those, um, alignment patterns or pain points as well. So those are some of the common things that we see. I have only heard the term lightning crotch one time and I, a client told it to me and I just like glossed over it and was like, she just went on a, a tangent and I was like, okay, cool. Never <laughs> ever knew what it was. So there we go. I have heard lightning crotch. Didn't know what it was. This is my first yep. time hearing that term. I was like, all right. <laughs> all right then. All right then. Now um, you guys know. Yeah. You know, I think I think the manual work that you guys do is something that really I do want to hit on again because that's another thing that really separates you from your old school run-of-the-mill physical therapist is you aren't just going in to get exercises. I mean right. I have had cupping. You dry needled me. Uh, fun fact, I never told you, I'm afraid of needles. I just let you go with it. And yeah. just was like, yep, here we go. I can't see them. So go with it. Yep. Um, a lot of the massage work, like the amount of stuff that you guys are able to do, um, the different, like the different ways to stretch and you guys uh, assisting stretching. Mm-hmm. That's a huge piece of this. And that's where I think a lot of women pregnant or not, but this is a pregnancy related episode can really benefit because there are different like positions you have to be in and considerations you have to be in as you go through pregnancy right. and move it to an expert who knows how to target that area, get you the relief that you need while not putting you or baby in a position that's uncomfortable or jeopardizing your health. So that's a really big piece. Exactly. That's a big philosophy of ours is, of course, the movement is really valuable, but there's so much that you can't do on your own. Or, you know, you could try to massage your glutes with like a ball, but that's not going to be the full breadth of when, you know, we can really get in there with our, our dry needling therapy or our deep tissue massage work and really assess what area is tight? How can we maybe, um, you know, do some rotation stretching in the hip while working on your glute, um, while getting some, uh, you know, tension in your low back worked on, you know, so all those different areas that if you can feel good in your body through that manual work, man, does it make a big difference in your labor and in your birth? Uh, we've gotten a lot of feedback from our patients and they, especially ones who have like, 
uh, gone through pregnancy once, you know, gave birth, and then they tried pelvic PT for their second pregnancy. And just the night and day difference in all of that hands-on body work that they received um, and were trained in, yeah, making sure that you're safe, baby's safe, and in the different positions we we have you in. Um, and yeah, and it's just really cool how profound that can be for their body and, and preparing for, um, yeah, all that their body's going to go through during birth. So let's dive into the the prep for delivery. I know you kind of covered that already, but you bring in mom and partner or just by themselves. And mm-hmm. you really, like you kind of mentioned, you go through different positions, you go through different, basically run through the whole prep, which is something that I thought was very unique when you and I met and you told me kind of what it is that you guys do, because I never expected that would be something that would be like, you expect to go to a Lamaze class when you find out you're having a baby. Right. It's like, oh, okay. Like this is going to be like a one-on-one session versus you may go to a room or now like you can take Lamaze classes online, which is funny to me. That's like online where you press the mouse. It's like, doesn't make sense to me. So talk a little bit more about what that labor prep session looks like. For sure. So our labor and delivery birth prep session is a full hour visit. That's just, uh, you know, standard kind of for all of our pregnant moms, we really encourage them to come on in around 34, 35 weeks, give or take with a partner. If they'd like, that could be a spouse, that could be a sibling, a parent. We've really had, you know, all sorts of partners come on in, which is really cool or no partner. And, um, and that's totally fine too, because we can teach you all the things. And so what we start with is we break down strategies for labor and then strategies for like pushing and the birth process. So that's really kind of how we separate the the visit. So the first part of that session is we dive into when you start to go into labor, what are things that your partner can do to help you with, um, you know, contraction pain and intensity, just, you know, general pain during labor things that you can do to be moving your body to help promote that process of baby um, or the cervix dilating and baby engaging down into the pelvis. So for example, there's a lot of different uh, techniques called counter pressure where your partner stands behind you and squeezes your pelvis or pushes on your sacrum bone or uh, different techniques that come from like spinning babies or even Lamaze like rebozo techniques using a sheet to help lift your belly. So your partner, we teach them and actually have them practice right in the room with us all these things that they can do and feel empowered to do to help you with pain, with fatigue, uh, you know, with um, helping, you know, just baby during their journey in that labor process as well as other pain management strategies, like how to use a TENS unit for pain, uh, essential oils, cupping therapy. We actually teach partners how to do a little bit of cupping sometimes because that can be really nice during labor as well. Um, How to use a massage gun on the glutes during labor, things like that, that can really support mom during that process. And then we go through some more movement strategies. So most of the women we work with have already done this with us because we start prepping for birth like way ahead of time uh, with, you know, yoga type work or mobility work. And so we'll actually break down. Here are some some movements that you could do like child's pose, cat, cow, sitting on a birth ball, doing some movements on that ball 
during labor that can support that process too. And just reviewing that, practicing it. Then part two of that visit is we go through birth. So if you're planning on a vaginal delivery, we dive into some primary birth positions. So a lot of people think the only way that they can give birth and push a baby out is by laying on their back and pushing like crazy and getting that baby out. However, there are actually different birth positions that you can be in that might feel better for your body and may provide a little more space for your pelvis. So for example, you can give birth on your hands and knees in a squat, in a, like a low lunge, uh, kind of position in sideline or on your back or even just in standing, right? So there's a lot of different ways that you can actually facilitate getting a baby out. And so we actually have you practice those different positions and then practice how to push. So another thing many people may not know is uh, there are strategies to help you push that um, aren't just like holding your breath, bearing down, uh, you know, strategies like exhaling during a push that helps to conserve your energy, making sure your muscles actually relax during a push rather than tightening up into a Kegel. Kegeling does not help get a baby out. Your body needs to know how to relax those muscles. So we dive into all of that while practicing those different birth positions. We also have your partner kind of be standing there while you're in those, you know, um, uh, mock birth positions. And uh, there's things that they can do like counter pressure, you know, massage on your glutes or your back. So they really feel confident in supporting you in whatever birth position you're in. And if you have an epidural, we we talk about that as well. So an epidural, uh, you know, just helps with some of that pain management, but you're not going to have as much use of your legs if you go ahead and, and get that epidural. Totally fine. But then we just set up, hey, if this, if, uh, this is something that um, you have during your birth, a sideline position or on your back is going to be optimal with an epidural. Here's some things your partner can do while you're in those positions to help your pelvis open, to, um, you know, get you in that, that best sideline or on your back position. And then the final part of that birth prep, uh, typically we don't get to that in that, that one hour visit, we'll save it for a follow-up session is we actually do postpartum prep. So we don't just leave you high and dry, go have your baby, you know, good luck. We actually want to teach you some early, simple things that you can start doing to help with healing of your perineum or your pelvic floor right after birth. Um, some different, you know, things that you can purchase. Like we, we have a whole basket that has like a peri bottle and disposable underwear. And we like show you these products that might be helpful for you and simple exercises that you can start on like day one after birth. They're, they're very safe, very simple to wake up your pelvic floor wake up your core. Um, so we really believe in that postpartum preparation as well. Which is really big because I think there's so much that gets talked about leading up to labor and delivery. And I we're, we're like starting to talk about postpartum care more. Yes. But I still think like the big chunk that's missed is the immediately following postpartum. And to me, for a lot of people, that's like the most valuable, right? Like that's when you, you want things to do when you, that are easily done when you feel like absolute trash, Yep. Um, you're like trying to figure out how do I care for this new human being? And like, 
I just want to lay here and not move my body, right? Like if you can have things that you just know to do, yeah, that's really valuable for somebody because I mean, I believe this with exercise. I know you do. I know Gretchen does. Like the sooner you can get ahead of the, like the recovery process, the better that's going to be. It's like, I mean, it's somebody was talking about, you know, if you, if you sprain your ankle, right. Sometimes the worst thing that you can do is like immediately stick your leg in an ice bucket because, okay, that's just going to prolong the recovery process. Um, so that's really cool. I did not know that the postpartum started before I know, and we'll cover this too, right. You guys are very quick on getting moms to kind of have a conversation following delivery on like, okay, how are you doing? What does, what does that care look like for a mom? For sure. So our process is we really believe in helping women all the way through the end of their pregnancy. So they feel really ready to go. And then what we do is we start that postpartum journey with a two week telehealth or virtual visit. And this actually comes from some some interesting, you know, stuff on the uh, American College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists. Like they had a statement out that postpartum care should start within that first three weeks. Typically, you're just getting that six week follow up visit with like your midwife or your OBGYN, um, and you know that's just kind of become standard practice in the U.S. But in a perfect world, you would actually get some care earlier than that because we want to be working on. Are you doing okay mentally, physically, emotionally? And let's start on prevention. So absolutely, there's something to be said about rest. So we talk about that. There's kind of a, a guideline, like the, like the first four weeks. Here's here's a general guideline of getting back to movement. You know, like walking or you know more stuff like that. But um, we can start in those early couple weeks with how do you just get your pelvic floor to turn on again? How do you get your abs to turn on? How do you breathe again? You know, just those basic things. How are you positioning yourself if you are choosing to breastfeed, you know, in those breastfeeding positions? Oh, your back is and neck is super sore. Let's work on that. Uh, rather than there's no um, medical reason to wait. It's totally safe. It's just let's start early because you just went through one of the biggest changes of your life. And getting that early intervention is way helpful. There's actually studies to show that that early preventative care can help with prevention of leakage, like bladder leakage, prolapse, diastasis recti that persists for many years down the road if we start waking those muscles up uh, earlier rather than later. I mean, I look at it, if you break your arm, you don't wait six weeks to go to the doctor, right? We could go down a tangent of like traditional American medical care, but like yep. to me, this is a little bit bigger than breaking an arm. Exactly. And the way I see it is like, if, if somebody can meet with you two weeks postpartum and we can start some things, then you go for your follow-up visit at six weeks. And if something's still not right, right? Like you go back to your OB then they like they can do the actual like medical let's order more tests let's do this that the other thing then you continue with follow up visits with you guys like that care is much more appealing to recovery than like hey we'll just see you in 6 weeks you just did like one of the biggest things your body's ever done so you know see you later because the other piece that i think people forget is like you go for your 6 week postpartum visit 
and like you don't come back until you are going for like another checkup or yeah. like hey we're having another kid like that's mind blowing to me of like you just did this big thing we see we saw each other like once a month to biweekly to weekly see you in 6 weeks see you when you want to come back for sure and that 6 week visit may only be between 5 and 20 minutes depending on you know, your, your provider and what's going on. Um, I've had a lot of patients tell me they don't even get an internal pelvic floor exam to just check, to make sure everything is looking okay, healing. Okay. So again, it just depends on the provider, but for the most part, yeah, it's like get that six week you're done. But like you mentioned, Jordan, in so many other areas, um, in medicine, you break a shoulder, an arm, knee replacement, hip replacement, any other surgery or like big change to your body, like birth, um, you would get like prehab and rehab care. And so it's interesting that this isn't really standard yet. But if we look at other countries, so some uh, countries in Europe, this is actually just a part of their like their healthcare system. So you give birth, you go to a pelvic PT like 12 visits or something like that. So it's actually really standardized other places. Um, so it just hasn't really become the standard yet. So we like to do a ton of advocacy work and, you know, community workshops and just getting out to educate women that you can just go to a pelvic PT, like you can just go, which yeah. is really cool. And, um, I just say, you know, make sure you interview your provider. Are they going to you know, be doing that birth prep with you, that early postpartum intervention and be helping you all throughout, uh, that first year postpartum. So we like to say, you know, a, a, at least a year, we're not going to see you weekly in PT for a year, but we'd like to see you every so often as your baby gets bigger, you got to be lifting and carrying more weight. Um, you know, things might start to change. You might start to notice some leakage at six months that we need to like nip in the bud right away rather than wait, you know, two years and it just gets worse. Yeah. So speaking of like the year following, right. It's sometimes the busiest year of a mom's life. What would you say to a mom who's got a million things on her plate? She's dealing with her first kid but really needs to see a pelvic floor PT. How do you talk to her about, here's how we juggle everything. Here's why this is important for you. Totally. I like to speak to the preventative aspect of pelvic PT, especially if, you know, someone's not having a lot of like, quote unquote, problems happening. If we can make sure that all your muscles are doing their job correctly, we're giving you a few things that you can be working on throughout your week that makes such a big difference in the long run. So if you're planning on having more kids in the future, this work is vital. If you're not planning on having more kids in the future, this work is equally as vital so you can continue to live your life without these common pelvic floor issues, you know, cropping up, um, you know, just throughout time, which they definitely do um, and can start to. And so that's one thing I like to speak to that. Um, the other is, you know, you, you did go through the biggest probably body transition and change that you may ever go through in your life. And just that in itself, um, you know, warrants some really good care, body work, corrective movement, exercise. So you can feel like yourself again and feel strong, feel empowered, get back to the things that you want to do. And we tell all of our moms, like, we meet you where you're at. So, um, you know, traditional PT is a lot of like, go home and do these, you know, 10 or 20 exercises. Some women that we work with, 
they get one, one thing. That's it. Do that one thing, you know, create just a little bit of space for that, um, you know, while your baby's napping and that might be your program. So we never want women to be intimidated when they come on in that like, oh, they're just going to like give me too much and I'm overwhelmed. Some moms want that. We'll go ahead and dive deep into some, some more programming, um, you know, movement, other women, um, may not have the bandwidth for that and that's okay. So that's the other piece is really meeting you where you're at so you can feel good in your body, you know, get back to what you want to do and prevent issues for the long haul. Yeah. You know, and I think it's like, you're gonna, you're gonna feel better if you do this. Right. And I think it's, it's something that women don't see is like, Hey, I have so much, I don't know how, like you can't even fathom getting around all of this stuff, but like, you're going to have more energy to do things. It's the same as like, when I talk to somebody about why it's important to start exercising and start eating, right. Once you do it, it, you're going to be like, I can't, I don't even know why I questioned why I did this. For sure. It's the same thing. It's like, once you do it and you see like what more you can get out of life as a new mom, you're going to value that more. But the longer you wait, the the longer it's going to take to fix it, the longer it's going to take to feel good. And the more you're going to convince yourself that like, meh, I don't, I don't really need this. I'm fine. Everything's fine. Yeah, exactly. I love how you put that. Uh, so one big piece that we, we didn't talk about when it came to like the, the delivery prep, but let's talk about C-sections real quick. Um, what does that look like for postpartum healing and how do you help with that? For sure. So C-sections, what I forgot to mention in that birth prep visit or that like postpartum prep work that we do is we actually dive a bit into C-section. So we have some women who like are having a planned C-section. So then your birth prep will look just a little different. Um, It won't be usually as extensive, but we're still going to be talking about things that you can do, you know, right up until you go ahead and have that planned C-section exercises that you can do afterwards. For example, pooping after a C-section with that scar and that incision can be really hard or like getting in and out of bed. So we like teach you how to do that using like a pillow to brace against that scar, how to breathe, how to move your body, like bed mobility, body mobility after surgery. uh, So you can feel ready to do that. And, um, so that's kind of how we prepare for that. And then we do speak to that a little bit for women who are planning a vaginal delivery and just speaking to, you know, a few of those things, if this happens, you know, here's what you're going to be considering and watching for, and then email us. If you end up having a C-section, we'll get back to you and we'll go ahead and dive into some things that you can start working on now, um, you know, early postpartum. And then again, at that two week visit, So a lot of it is, yeah, like, um, how to heal for that, that new scar and that healing tissue, uh, body mechanics. So I was mentioning sitting on the toilet, pooping, getting out of bed, getting out of a chair. If you have to get onto the floor for some reason, how do you get off the floor? Like it seems silly, but there can be a lot of pain and discomfort that we also don't want to be like, you know, putting too much pressure onto that area. And then early things that you can do to help with the scar healing. So very gentle massage around the scar. And then once it's all closed, we start to do like massage work on the scar, different like nerve sensitivity techniques um, and so forth. So 
There's a lot more that we do in the postpartum realm, but that's how we would speak to that in like the birth prep piece. Very cool. Well, that kind of covers everything that I wanted to go over when it came to like pregnancy postpartum. I don't know, Gretchen, do you have anything that you have questions on? I know you're super excited to be a mom one day. Yeah, right. (laughs) My plan is to never have my own (laughs) biological children. So nothing wrong with that. Um, but I, it is super interesting. I have helped deliver children, um, when I was a firefighter. So it's super cool to hear all of this. I do get knowledge out of it. Just none that I hopefully have to do for myself. (laughs) For sure. That's really cool that you got to like deliver babies as a firefighter. That's, that's wild. It's, uh, it's fun. I've, I've done some that are like, you know, uh oh, we need to get to the hospital right now. Um, and some that just kind of walk out on their own. So, <laughs> wow, so cool. I'm just really grateful that when I went through my paramedic, I never got to the point of actually having to deliver a baby. So, uh, <laughs> I think it's the cool. I I truly do think, as much as I like don't want children, um, I think it's the coolest calls that I have been on as a firefighter, even over like house fires and you know it's it's a cool thing to like be a part of and see life come into the world and as someone who does not want their own children I still get to be a part of that experience which is awesome um I do think it's funny that you talked about our husbands because my husband would be the one with like the headlamp on getting in there like seeing everything he he thinks everything is super cool as well so he would 100 percent see you guys and he would whatever models of whatever he would be the one fiddling in the corner (laughs) yeah I'm telling you it's like it's a type there it's really cool seeing those guys walk in because they just are so into it and it's it is really cool to see (laughs) um very funny Hannah anything else that you want to add or you want to throw in before we wrap this one up you know all I really want to say is if you are pregnant or going to be pregnant, you have a friend, family member that's pregnant, have them seek out a pelvic PT, work with them throughout that pregnancy journey, work with them on uh, prepping for your birth. You're going to learn so much that you didn't even know um, through that journey and preventing a lot into that postpartum phase of your life. And then continue that that journey as well um, after your baby. And it's just something I would so recommend, uh, for anyone. So that would be kind of my final thoughts there. Awesome. Well, we are super grateful to have had you for three episodes now, and I look forward to continuing to to using you guys, to referring you guys and, you know, heck, like we can come up with more topics and bring you back for more throughout, throughout this time. So thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Beauty, Brains, and Barbells podcast. If you liked what you heard today, go ahead and give us a like, a share on Instagram. Let us know what more you want to hear from us so that we can truly make this the podcast that females go to to improve their resistance training experience.